Hi everyone, welcome back to the final analysis with Adam and Eden. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the Novak Djokovic saga with um, you know not being able to play in the Australian Open this year, 2022, and I'll let Eden kick off. Yeah, so it's um, feels like it's it's sort of been a year, um, but it, it really it only lasted what 12 days. Uh, so it was a really intense period, and I remember like every day looking, looking at the news, mm. and seeing you know what was happening. But um, look, I, I, I want to go through literally every step of the of the whole saga. Mm -hmm. So from you know from um, the moment he uh, arrived um, in Australia, all the way through to you know to each of his legal proceedings. Mm -hmm. um, and then, obviously, uh, his eventual deportation. So let's go through the facts, right? Um, so, Tennis Australia. Now, obviously, it's clear that Craig Tiley, um, you know, he he sort of he, he knew that the Australian Open wouldn't be viable if Novak Djokovic um, didn't participate, and so he really, 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 you know, tried to to get him in. And so I think there was, there was a bit of uh, confusion, misunderstanding between, um, let's say, the, the, the federal government, uh, Tennis Australia, the state government. Mm -hmm. um, so this is what happened. Let's go through the facts. So Tennis Australia um, put in place a procedure um, for unvaccinated players. And so they could basically uh, apply for an exemption. And Djokovic understood that uh, this to be the gateway to quarantine-free travel. So if he applied for this exemption through Tennis Australia, then, um, and, and, and obviously it was, it was accepted, um, then he would be allowed to play and, and wouldn't have to quarantine. Now, it appears that he wasn't aware that uh, that wasn't enough, that there was, a, there was a, a government exemption process that he had to go through. And I think... Uh, Another problem was that uh, the government, the federal government, didn't really have regard to um, the Atagi advice, which basically said that well, a temporary exemption can be granted if um, a player has had a, a, a previous infection within the last six months. And and I just want to confirm: so, did, did Tennis Australia um, notify Djokovic that the that the state government and federal government have their different you know, rules and laws, um, so to speak, and that this was just um, an exemption for Tennis Australia? Was Novak made aware or...? Well, look, I'm not sure, but it seems as though he wasn't because, you know, he, he was under the impression that um, all he needed was this is exemption and he, he uh, his exemption would be assessed by two expert panels uh, made up of epidemiologists, medical professionals. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that he wasn't made aware. Um, otherwise, he would have uh, maybe sought a, a government exemption, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I think he, he definitely was under the impression. Someone, sh obviously, Tennis Australia maybe should have notified him um, that maybe you know there was uh, it wasn't guaranteed. Um, but I think. Look, the exemption was, it was provided on the basis of a target advice, right? He had an mm -hmm. infection on the 16th of December, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And um, the expert panel 
uh, approved his exemption. Mm. So he was a, so he, he was allowed to to enter Australia. Now, Atagi's advice is six months. Six months. Um, yeah, uh, th- that's the time period um, where if you've had COVID, you can get an exemption. Correct. That's right. However, yeah. there's been claims that that Novak was doing press conferences or yes, doing interviews. Yes. Okay. I think in Belgrade. Um, so he went. That's so he went to Belgrade on the 18th of December yeah. to do an interview. He, in f- but before that, he attended a basketball game at Belgrade as well. So and there were a couple of uh, people who tested positive. He got tested. Uh, came back negative, and then I think he he went to to um, his tennis center mm-hmm. in in Belgrade to do a, a photo shoot, an interview with yeah. El Equip. Um, and I think prior to that, he tested positive. But he didn't want to let uh, uh, let the um, uh, the uh, uh, person down. Yep, yep. That's what he. That's what he stated. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so obviously this didn't help his case because no. now there is question marks that's between right, the legitimacy yep. of 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 you know him having COVID then because um, he did have COVID um, in another ca- in another instance, right? He Was had it in twenty twenty. In twenty twenty. Yeah, June twenty twenty. And, uh, and I think a lot of pe- a lot of people were stating that how did you get COVID twice? You know, was it a con- is it was you know a bit of a um uh you know um um you know it was a bit convenient that you got it within that six month time frame. I think those were the questions that you know the Australian public, the media yeah. were asking. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. However, he was still granted the exemption. Correct. It was a valid exemption. It was a valid exemption, and he was able to fly to Australia. Yeah. So that's where we're at and now. And he got all. He had all the appropriate documentation. He had the travel declaration. He had the exemption. He had his visa. Mm-hmm. Right. If they didn't want him to enter into the country, they would have knocked back one of one of those. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think um, they should have done a better job if they if they really wanted to, to stop him from entering in the first place. They could have, they could have, you know, got their act together before. Um, so, so he arrived at Tullamarine Airport on Wednesday the fifth of January. So when he arrived, he was he was stopped by border force officials, and then he was uh, detained on the basis that he didn't have the appropriate documentation, as we as we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as I said, it was a government exemption that that he that he required. Um, but so they, they detained him and then he tried to, to sort of, you know, explain himself to the delegate, um, you know, p- told them that he, he needed more time, um, to contact his t- tennis Australia lawyers, mm-hmm. um, his agent. And so he was initially interviewed and he was given what's called a notice of intention to cancel his visa, which is required, um, under the Migration Act. Mm-hmm. So... The delegate gave him a, a, a notice of intention to cancel his visa, and um, and then he uh, is allowed time to respond to that notice. Okay. So that's and yeah. what's that time period for him? There's no statutory time limit. Okay. There's no statutory no. time limit, right? But they agreed, they agreed to give him until eight thirty to respond to the notice. And when you say they, you're referring to... To the delegate. To the delegate. So yeah. they said so till 8.30. 8.30, we'll give you time to contact whoever you need to contact. Sure. Um, and, then, and then we'll consider your, your response. But they didn't. They didn't wait until 8.30. The delegate, um, I think it was at 7.40, he, uh, decided, he 
decided to cancel his visa. He basically said, well, there's no point waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that Djokovic needed that time because, you know, he's tennis, he, he needed to wait for, for, for Tennis Australia, his agent. There mm-hmm. was, no one was awake at that time, right? So he had to, that's why he... Um, so it wasn't a reasonable... Um, it wasn't. It wasn't reasonable. Yeah. Especially after they agreed to give him until late thirty. That's right. So that. Yeah. So I think it was more convenient for them. Look, time's right. up. And I think it was at the end of his shift as well. The yeah, day. that's right. Yeah. So, so it was just. It was more just a convenience uh, yeah, thing that's for, right, for the delegate. That's right. It appears. Yeah, it appears. It yeah. appears. So, so the delegate cancelled um, Djokovic's visa, in accordance with Section One Hundred Sixteen One EI of the Migration Act. Okay. And that says. Basically, subject to subsection two and three, the minister may cancel a visa if he or she is satisfied that the presence of its holder, Djokovic, mm-hmm. in Australia is or may be or would or might be a risk to the health, safety or good order of the Australian community or a segment of the Australian community. So that's why they cancelled his visa okay. in the first instance. And so he was attained um, at Park Hotel in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, and... On Thursday, on the Thursday, uh, the sixth of January, his lawyers um, applied for an injunction, so that that that's to stop the government, um, the, the department, from removing him. Okay, that's what an injunction is, and that was that was uh, granted until Monday, uh, the following Monday, tenth of January. Four, yep, four p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the hearing was set for Monday, tenth uh, of Jan mm-hmm. as well. So let's let's look at the court hearing now. Mm-hmm. So the court hearing was on on the Monday, the tenth of January, and I want to go through um, uh, Djokovic's lawyer's arguments, main arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you can see, uh, they argued that uh, the minister's decision should be overturned because um, the minister didn't have regard to a target advice. So the delegate referred to the Biosecurity Act, two thousand fifteen. And that states that previous infection with COVID is not considered a medical contraindication for COVID-19 vaccination in Australia. So it's clear that there was conflicting, conflicting advice mm-hmm. because Tennis Australia got their advice from ATAGI. And if you look at the ATAGI expanded advice, um, it clearly says that um, a temporary exemption can be granted if, if a person has had a previous infection. And obviously Djokovic met that. Mm-hmm. But as we'll... We'll dive deep into this. I, I don't think that the you know the infection was, um, you know, or Novak's risk to the community from a health standpoint was the reason why. No, um, and no. we'll we'll dig deep yeah, into that. We'll, we'll discuss later that. On. Yep. Yeah, yep. So, um, and they basically argued that, well, okay, you referred to the Biosecurity Act and you referred to this term, medical contraindication, but that's not defined. In anywhere, in, in, in any part of that act, right? So where are you getting that from? Where, where are you getting the definition? And so, the delegate's decision as to what what's what is considered as a medical contraindication, they argue, should have referred to a target advice, mm-hmm. right? Wh- where would you get it from? A target. So, um, and obviously we've, we've we've gone through the expanded target mm-hmm. advice about the uh, previous infection. And I just wanted to confirm, just for just for the viewers who are not who aren't aware of a target, who who are a target. Uh, 
the Australian Technical Advisory Group of uh, on Immunisation. Okay, so obviously they give advice yep, on when it comes right. to immunisations in particular. Yep. Um, and obviously the government refers to them. Yep. Um, especially with with yeah, the and pandemic. they have done. Yeah, and they have been doing that consistently. Yeah. Now the second the second argument was that the delegate did not believe that there were extenuating circumstances beyond Djokovic's control, and this led them to making an illogical, irrational decision. So what they were arguing here is that Djokovic, um, if he were to contact um, his agent, Tennis Australia, his lawyers, but particularly Tennis Australia, they wouldn't um, offer any information, any other information than what he already has with him. So in other words, they're basically the, base, uh, the delegate was sort of um, implying there was, there was no point. There was no point. You're not going to get anything out of them. You're the, you're the applicant. You have all the information that we need. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what extenuating circumstances means in this, in this, um, in this instance. Mm-hmm. So that was the second argument. But the third argument is the one that was ultimately um, uh, successful um, in, the, in the court case the first court case, and that was that the minister didn't consider Djokovic's response to the notice and the consideration of the exercise of discretion was not rational or reasonable. So that was um, the procedural fairness mm-hmm. uh, aspect, and that's that's what won mm. for him. And and, and what uh, and to clarify, what the judge, um, who was uh, Judge, judge Kelly, Kelly yeah. what he was implying was that Novak was invited here, he had a job to do, um, he was the coming to play tennis for you know roughly two weeks, and from there he was really just going to go from you know his hotel to the court um, and back, um, and that he wasn't going to be you know uh, he wasn't going to be part of the community in the sense that you know going out and about potentially spreading the virus or contracting it. But you heard him say very early on in the court case that what more could this man have done? Mm-hmm. Now that was very telling when when I heard that. Mm-hmm. Because he was basically saying, well, you know, he had all the appropriate documentation. So he was under the impression that he could enter into the country because he had all, he had his travel declaration, he had his exemption. So um, that was sort of favorable mm-hmm. to him. Um, now that's, that's and we'll, we'll get to um, his reasoning. In, in, in just in, in a short while, mm-hmm. um, but I also want to want to have a look at Section One One Nine of the Migration Act, and and that's the notice of proposed cancellation. Mm-hmm. So just just quickly, it says subject to subdivision F, if the minister is considering cancelling a visa, whether its holder is in or out or outside Australia under Section One One Six, the minister must notify the holder that there appears to be grounds for cancelling it, and A give particulars of these grounds and of the information uh, uh, because, of wi- because of which the grounds appear to exist. Mm-hmm. B, invite the holder to show within a specified time that um, I, those grounds do not exist or there is a reason why it should not be cancelled. Now, that was important for, um, for the first ca- uh, court hearing because um, the, the delegate didn't uh, give him uh, the time that was initially agreed on to respond to the notice. And that was unreasonable. Earlier, that was unreasonable. Because it was meant to be 8.30. Yep. And then 
uh, it ended up being pushed back. I think back it was 742. To, roughly, yeah. yeah so roughly, roughly an hour less. So that technicality, um, essentially, won Djokovic that That's case. Right, or yeah. he technically didn't win the case. It was more that they were able to come to an agreement, correct? Yeah. Um, with the government um, the government and uh, Djokovic, Novak Djokovic's lawyers. Yep. So it's clear if you look at this section that... Um, there are procedures that the delegate needs to that, uh, needs to follow mm-hmm. um, when when um, considering cancelling a visa. Mm-hmm. And this notion of of procedures you see goes throughout the rest of the saga because um, it's not about whether or not um, a decision on Novak's um, you know uh, visa status should be cancelled denied based on reasoning. It was more about did the minister followed the process. And that's that's the thing. It's always about, you know, following the process. It's not necessarily about, oh, well, where's their reasoning behind it correct? And I think that's, that's where right. we'll, yeah. we'll obviously touch on that later on um, when we get to the stage. Yep. Um, but, um, yeah, that's just something I want to take note. Yep. So the ruling. So Judge Anthony Kelly, he made an order that the delegate's decision to cancel the visa be overturned, that the government pay Djokovic's costs, and that he be released immediately from the immigration hotel within 30 minutes of the making of that order. And, and can I just confirm, like I mentioned before, was this was this a... So did Novak win the case? Or was it a, a ruling that parties agreed on? He, 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 won, he won the okay, case so he did it was win overturned. The, okay. yeah, the visa was overturned. Okay. Um, so if we look at the notation, um, the judge, this was... Uh, I won't go through it all because we've, we've you know, we've covered mm-hmm. it, but basically he... Um, the, the delegate agreed with Djokovic to give him until 8.30. Mm-hmm. And then at 7.40, he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cancel it now. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's ultimately why he won. And that's, that's what that um, notation um, I- is about. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we... So 14th of Jan, um, the Minister for Immigration decides to cancel the visa. Mm-hmm. Was that surprising to you? No, it wasn't surprising because uh, it, it was you know, the overwhelming amount of Australians wanted Novak deported. Um, but I feel that um, I understand that, you know, especially with Australians, they've, they've had it tough the last couple of years, especially in Melbourne, um, had it really harsh in terms of all the mandates and the lockdowns, etc. So in their minds, like if we've had to endure this, so does um, Novak. But then on the flip side, people saying, well, but Novak got invited to do a job. You know, if he was negative, he was negative. Let him play the tennis. Um, but of course, with the election coming up yeah. and, and obviously the, the, the Australian people voicing their opinions, the minister... A lot of take politics that. involved, yeah. There's a lot of politics involved this decision, which uh, you know, I think we're all aware of now. Yeah, and I don't think it was surprising that he left it until the evening of Friday. I think that was very strategic. Definitely strategic, yeah. I mean, he didn't give him enough time. But yeah. the problem I had, I think I have with that is, um, you know, it was, it was more that they left it till Friday evening and then they had to waste course, waste court's resources over the weekend, you know, to deal with the matter when they could have done it during the week and the outcome would have affected, would have been the same thing. 
So they just kind of, you know, they put a lot of pressure on us in yeah. the system to do it then. I, and I think that was a bit unnecessary. Yeah, and it's very unusual for the court, uh, for a hearing to be held on the weekend. Yeah, so that's right. That, you know, the court really had to scramble. Um, you know, you saw on Friday, Friday evening, mm-hmm. there were, uh, there were, you know, the, the judge was basically um, ne- negotiating with um, Djokovic's lawyers and also... Um, the government, the government lawyer, I think it was uh, Lloyd. Yep, Stephen Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Lloyd. Um, so, and you could tell that you know, Judge Anthony Kelly, he was sort of um, concerned because you know he had to organise obviously the transfer um, mm-hmm. to to the f- to the federal court, mm-hmm. um, and so all that had to be all, all the all the you know the, the d- finer details had to be organised of. of Mm-hmm. You know what would happen with, uh, to Djokovic, you know, on Saturday, you know, then uh, and on Sunday as well mm-hmm. when he would be detained, um, and I think they also uh, organised for um, Australian border force uh, um, members to sort of supervise him outside. That's the that's right. L- yeah. L- yeah, like he was a, a, a major so, yeah. a, a major threat. Yeah. And I just want to go back. I know we're talking about the minister, but let's just go back quickly to. To the to the first um, hearing with Judge Kelly, you could see towards the end when the government lawyer, um, uh, Mr. Tran, yep. uh, mentioned that that the minister may, may exercise his you know personal power. Yeah. He got a little bit agitated yeah. because in his mind he's saying you know you're wasting the court's resources to go through this. We've now come to a conclusion. However, you're saying we're going to overturn anyway. If that was the case, why didn't you just do that to begin with? You've kind of you know, you're just extending it and, and like I said, wasting, you know, resources, which at the end of the day, it's taxpayers' money. That's right. So, yeah. um, you know, we're going to be paying for that. Um, so yeah. And, yeah. and you could see that, you know, Judge Kelly, he said, look, you really need to update the court, you know, on any changes, whatever happens, whatever intentions, um, you know, the minister has or please update the court. We need to know what's, what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, so Friday evening, we we hear of, of of the minister's decision to cancel the visa. Not surprising. Um, and this is what he said. We'll just read mm-hmm. maybe the f- first couple of paragraphs. Today I exercise my power under Section One Three Three C, Subsection Three of the Migration Act to cancel the visa held by Mr. Novak Djokovic on health and good order grounds, on the basis that it was in the public interest to do so. This decision followed orders by the Federal Circuit and Family Court on the 10th of Jan, quashing a prior cancellation decision on procedural fairness grounds. In making this decision, I carefully considered information provided to me by the Department of Home Affairs, the Australian Border Force and Mr Djokovic. Now let's have a look at Section 133C. Mm-hmm. Now it says that the Minister may cancel a visa held by a person if A, the Minister is satisfied that a ground for cancelling the visa under Section 116 exists, and B, the minister is satisfied that it would be in the public interest to cancel the visa. Now, if you look at that, there's absolutely no um, threshold of evidence required of the minister. And he basically just needs to satisfy himself and no one else. So it's very subjective. That's right. And and to me, this is a little bit concerning as well because... um, the Australian public were pushing for the deportation, um, but the way he got deported through the personal, through the use of personal powers, is a bit scary because 
you're effectively saying to the government, yes, I want you to be using your personal powers and I want you to, to you know, to, to, to have further control. So we need to be careful, I, I think, yep. of when to use this. Um, I think that um, especially the way, you know, the last couple of years we've been, you know, slowly starting to lose our freedoms and, um, you know, the government's been ha- uh, taking a bit more control and having a bit more power, um, that this is just not only telling us that we can use our powers, but also telling the world that, you know, it doesn't matter how high profile you are, it doesn't matter if you're a refugee yeah. or you're Novak Djokovic, we're going to treat you the same and, um, you know, and we, we're going to, to have strict, you know, border policies. Yep. Um, and again, like I just want to mention that I understand the Australian sentiment saying, well, you know, just because he's a, a famous tennis player doesn't give him the right to have that, you know, to have to have to be able to to get past our laws. Um, I get that, but just the way he went about it with the personal power is we just need to be careful yeah. and maybe need to think about it. It's it's never a good idea to give to give um, one person that that much power. Um, but I guess it's just a, it's just a product of that sort of um, tough border rhetoric that the government has had for decades now in Australia, mm-hmm. and you know, it, but it, it's worked. It's mm-hmm. worked, you know, uh, with the Australian people. They've, they've, um, they've sort of liked hearing that rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's move on to um, the the second court hearing on the sixteenth of Jan. Mm-hmm. And I want to sort of take everyone through. Um, each of the each of Djokovic's lawyers' arguments, and also um, how uh, the the minister's lawyers responded to each of those um, arguments. Mm-hmm. So, in their submission, Djokovic's lawyers argued that number one, while the minister considered the likely reaction of anti-vaccination groups to Djokovic's presence. He did not consider the likely reaction of these groups if it was deported from Australia. In other words, this is a double-edged sword. Um, so the second argument was that it would be perverse, illogical and irrational to cancel a visa where the applicant's health risk is minuscule. And obviously, uh, the in the minister's reasoning, he, he did recognise that Djokovic is of, I think he used the, the term, negligible risk. Because he's obviously he's had COVID, and also he sought advice from the chief medical officer Paul Kelly, um, and he confirmed that he was he wasn't he wasn't a risk. He wasn't a big risk. Um, and so the third the third argument is that the minister failed to furnish evidence that suggests that the presence of Djokovic in Australia will foster anti-vaccination sentiment. And in his reasoning, you notice that the minister actually referred to a media article. Mm-hmm. And we'll go through it um, uh, now. Um, it's a BBC media article. And he, they Djokovic's lawyers argued that, well, the reports that he referred to, they were, they were irrelevant as they, you know, they simply addressed the consequence of people resisting vaccination. They didn't say anything about the consequence of Djokovic um, being in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the last the last ground um, was that the minister failed to seek the actual views of Djokovic on vaccination. 
Um, and and his lawyers do note that uh, Djokovic claims that his public expressed views have been taken out of context. So I want to have a look at the article now. Mm-hmm. It's a BBC so article. And as you can see, uh, it's titled, What has Novak Djokovic actually said about vaccines? So it says, World, world uh, men's tennis number one Novak Djokovic has had his visa for Australia revoked after he was granted an exemption from COVID vaccination rules to play in the Australian Open prompting anger from Australians and a political row. But what has he actually said about vaccines? The Serbian star has not officially disclosed his COVID-19 vaccination status, but he's made his resistance to jabs clear in the past. In April 2020, uh, well before COVID vaccines were available, Djokovic said he was opposed to vaccination. And see, this point, um, so in the, during the court hearing, Djokovic's lawyers argued that, well, that was in 2020, before COVID vaccines um, even existed. So you can't just rely on a view that he had um, prior to prior to you know, the, the vaccine rollout. Mm-hmm. But then the, the the government lawyer, Mr. Lloyd, said, "Well, no, that actually cements the fact that well, he he always has been anti-vax." Um, so that was that was sort of one of those. Um, one of the arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, he later clarified his position by adding that he was no expert and would keep an open mind, but wanted to have an option to choose what's best for my body. And during a Facebook Live, he explained that he wouldn't want to be forced by someone to take a vaccine to travel or compete in tournaments. Now, Djokovic's lawyers argued that the minister sort of cherry-picked mm-hmm. like one, maybe one or two sentences in this arg- uh, article um, but he took it out of context, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's it's perfectly reasonable for someone to say, "Well, I wouldn't want to be forced um, to travel or to work," and um, that doesn't that doesn't mean that you know th- that person's anti-vax. Um, so let's have a look at um, how the the minister's lawyers responded to those grounds. So they said that. The minister did consider the likely reaction of anti-vaccination groups if Djokovic was to be deported. So what they what they argued in their submission was that just because the minister didn't expressly uh, con- consider that uh, a state that it doesn't mean he didn't consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also said that even though Djokovic poses a negligible risk, his well-known stance on vaccination could result in health risks. So they took that broader um, so, perspective. So, so what, so what, what this cemented was: this is not about whether or not Novak was was you know vaccinated and would be able to play because because the the minister and well the minister's lawyers are making it clear that it's about being a a public figure. How would he influence Australians from? You know, really getting the the vaccine, or in more in more particular, getting the boosters that are you know starting to be rolled out. Um, if this player you know comes you know comes into Australia healthy, plays the 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 tournament and potentially wins, like how would that look to the Australian people? The that was what the minister was and was concerned about. It's clear that it wasn't about um, Djokovic posing a health risk in him infecting other people. It was not That's about right. that. It was about uh, the message that, that that he would send um to the to the broader Australian public. So they took that broader um perspective to that um uh sort of um 
statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so the third ground was that the onus is on the applicant to prove that the minister did not consider the implications of him not being able to play the Australian Open. So the onus was on Djokovic to prove that he didn't consider, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Fourth was that under Section 133C of the Migration Act, the minister has significant discretion to cancel an applicant's visa and there are no specific statutory criteria which the minister is obliged to consider. So as I was saying before, there's no objective threshold of evidence. And uh, to me, it wasn't surprising that, um, that uh, you know, the government won. Like they had it, they didn't, they, they had it really easy. Yeah, um, well, essentially w- what they're saying is that is that the minister's reasonings is more just what it is a reason it's That's not it. it's not uh you know it's not evidence in order to to um to confirm whether he can or he can't it's just saying these are the reasons why whether you like it or not that's it and he can draw on whatever evidence he, he wishes Th- that's correct and this is where we're leading on to where we want to talk about the separation of powers really quickly especially for um the people outside of australia um, wanting to know how it works so essentially with the second court hearing, it was more about whether or not the minister followed the correct process in in exercising his power, not about his reasons, which is what we, we stated before. And there's not much process involved. And the process is that's pretty right. limited. So that's why the judge at the end, who was Chief Justice... Uh, Alsop. And I'll go through his quote now. Yep, go for it. So... The full bench of the federal court unanimously ruled that, you know, the mm-hmm. appeal be dismissed. And in his reasoning, or um, on, the, on the day of the court hearing, mm-hmm. um, this was his sort of oral reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, this is not an appeal against the decision of the executive government. It is an application to the court as a separate arm of government, mm-hmm. being the Commonwealth judicial branch to review a decision by a member of executive, the minister, for the lawfulness or legality of the decision mm-hmm. on the three gr- grounds put forward. These grounds focus on whether the decision was, whether the decision was for different reasons, irrational or legally unreasonable. It is no part or function of the court to decide upon the merit or wisdom of the decision. Now let's talk about the separation yeah. of powers. So essentially you've got the courts and you've got the ministers and uh, this is where there's kind of a bit of a conflict and where they have to be very careful with the decisions they make because of the conflict and because of precedence as well. So let, let's break it down. So the separation of powers consists of the legislature, that's parliament, they, mm-hmm. they create laws. Second is the executive, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the prime minister, um, uh, uh, the cabinet consisting of senior, senior ministers mm-hmm. and public servants, and also the judiciary, the courts. And at the federal level, the separation of powers is very strict because it's subject to the Constitution. Now, in the Constitution, the, uh, it clearly sets out in Chapter 1, Chapter 2, Chapter 3, uh, is Chapter 1 is uh, sets out the roles and responsibilities of the legislature, Chapter 2, the executive, Chapter 3, the judiciary. Now, because the executive, the government, uh, the, the decision-makers are separate from the judiciary, it means that 
when there's an application for judicial review of of um, a minister's decision, as in this case with Djokovic, the court can't really do much. Very limited. Because they can't sit there and go, oh, well, I don't agree with the, the minister's de- decision. Mm-hmm. They can only um, examine the lawfulness and legality of the decision. Mm-hmm. So it's very narrow. Yeah. Um, they can't they can't examine the merit of the decision, whether it was the right decision, you know, and they can't consider any evidence whatsoever. Can't consider any evidence. And that's that's what uh, Justice Alsop mm-hmm. um, shed light on uh, um, during that court hearing. He said, we've got to be careful um, to Djokovic's lawyers. You can't really uh, consider, we can't consider any of the evidence mm-hmm. um, that the minister drew upon. That's right. And and the, the minister's lawyer, uh, uh, Mr. Lloyd, he he was essentially saying that throughout the whole thing, it doesn't right. really matter. Yeah, it doesn't the, matter the reasoning the, or why. The minister can consider whatever he, he he wants. He can draw on any evidence he wants. Yeah. And look, in in their reasoning, the court the court said, um, if it was another minister, another minister could have made a different decision. So ultimately, this is this is very subjective. Mm-hmm. Depends on the person, um, and and you know they can use. Any person who, who's in that position can use that power um, in whatever in whatever way they yeah, want. And how they feel. That how they feel, exactly. They fit. And, yeah, and um, I, look, I believe this is, you know, this is just us speculating now, but Novak's lawyers would have told him that you've got a very, very slim, like we're talking about, you know, a percent or two chance that something positive may come out of this yeah. hearing. But Djokovic still went ahead with it. So I believe, um, I think Djokovic went ahead with that just to make a statement saying that, you know, what is the real reason why I'm getting, you know, deported? And you notice his lawyer um, kept mentioning, uh, Mr. Wood kept mentioning the same thing, anti-vax sentiment, anti-vax sentiment. I think what Djokovic was trying to say through his lawyers was that this has got nothing to do with public health. This is about... um, you know, me, um, you know, that influencing a, a, a the Australian people or, or, or a, a, you know, a decent amount of the Australian people that, you know what, you don't need to get um, uh, vaccinated. I think that was the real, the real reason. Yeah. Uh, he knew that, I think, I believe he knew he was going to be deported. There was, that was it. Once the minister uses his personal power or she uses her personal power, uh, it's pretty yeah. much all over from That's there. Right. Um, and, you know, the court said... You know, it was it was open to the minister to make those inferences. Mm-hmm. You know, if referring to that article, um, basically the minister was arguing that um, based on what he said in the past, mm-hmm. I'm drawing inferences about what his uh, stance is on vaccinations mm-hmm. now. Um, and and the court said he didn't even have to consider Djokovic's stance. He could consider whatever he he, he wants, mm-hmm. the minister. Um, but also, I want to also talk about the difference between courts and tribunals. Sure. See, with with tribunals, and it probably would have been um, better. He probably, I'm not saying he would have won, but he's he probably would have had a, a better a, a better chance of winning had he taken this to the tribunal, such as the um, the AAT, the Administrative Appeals mm-hmm. Tribunal, because tribunals can actually um, uh, uh, assess the, the, the merits of a decision. So the tribunal member mm-hmm. will 
um, put themselves in the shoes of the minister and remake the decision. Yeah, where this is where reasoning does come that's into right, play. That's right. However, I think the problem in this case was time. That's Djokovic right. just didn't have the time. By the time yeah. they would have got that, the, you know, the, the resources ready to go, and and you know, and and the, the process started. I mean, Australian yeah. Open would have been yeah would have been done. Um, so very limited options. So very limited. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So look, that. That was, you know, an analysis of what's what happened with um, Novak Djokovic, and you know the reason why we did this today was we're just trying to um, tie in all the information into one um, instead of getting snippets from different places and, and trying to work out you know why it's happened and and you know why the the you know with where one judge makes a decision why can't you know the other judge make a similar decision what are the differences. Um, and why Judge Kelly, if you want to touch on this, wasn't able to preside um, over the second hearing? Because um, so Judge Kelly uh, presided over. Uh, he obviously he presided over the family, mm. and uh, so the federal circuit and family court. But this was an appeal to a higher court, mm-hmm. so that means that. Um, you can't have the same judge sitting on that on that bench. That's right, and those judges there has to be you know, judges in different state, and they're they're part of the federal court, and that's that's a Commonwealth court. That's right, and it has to be obviously uneven number of judges, so there's a, you know there's a yeah. clear decision, yeah. and it has to be from a different um, from I understand different states. So you've got in this case well, Adelaide, um, it was Melbourne, Melbourne and Queensland, and Queensland. Yeah, um, and I really liked how the judge at the end, Chief Justice was very careful in the way he presented the decision because he knew that you know there was potentially millions yeah. of people that ha- are watching or right, would yeah. have watched afterwards anyway um the case saying oh hold on this doesn't make sense and he was trying to say that look it's out of our hands we cannot question the minister's reasoning it doesn't work that way um and yeah so that's that's where we got to um and we'll now, see what happens with and w- Djokovic. We'll see. What, I mean, yeah. look, Djokovic is there's a you know, French Open, Wimbledon, um, US, Open. U.S. Open. So there's there's a few more tournaments, and now I think what's happened is Australia has set the the standard now, saying, look, this is how we're going to operate. So you know, don't be surprised if now all the other tournaments go. This is how we're going to operate too, and and Djokovic may need to consider. Well, he's going to need to consider his options. What's going to happen? Um, you know, will he have to get vaccinated f- just for the sake of playing? Like, what's more important to him? Um, and now, also coming to light is his sponsorships, because obviously, if he's got this this you know sentiment um, or anti-vaccination sentiment going on, his sponsors may not want to rely. So we know that you know Lacoste is reviewing yeah, that because there are participation uh, clauses. There are participation clauses as well, which say how does the you know how does the public view? Yeah. Exactly. The, the player. If, yeah. If you're brought in, into disrepute, then obviously they'll review the situation. That's exactly yeah. right. Well, everyone, um, you know, thanks for tuning in. This is our first episode. So, you know, it's obviously not going to be perfect. We're, we're still trying to get the gist of things and, and, and getting, you know, more comfortable in front of the mic. But I, I really hope you enjoyed this. And we, we want to we come up with more episodes. Um, like, for example, we, we want to talk about what's happening with, with Boris Johnson now in the UK um, and and you know uh, different topics that are happening across the, the the globe. So yeah, let us know if if you want us to continue doing this. Um, and I hope you appreciate the content. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Guys.